0: This episode is brought to you by Shit You Should Care About and our new Cisco supporters. Head to the show notes to start supporting the media you love and the podcast hosts you love. Everyone and welcome back to your favorite pop culture podcast. We still don't know if it's your favorite. Yeah, I was going to say that's a very confident introduction. I think we might say that every week. I definitely say it on the shit show. Like this is your favorite news wrap up. Have no idea if it's the so. Faith. Then when
1: people talk about it subliminally, they're like, Yeah, that was my, my favorite. Faith. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, as per usual, joined here with Schmivy. Don't know if we use that. Schmivy <laughs> is on the
1: mic. You don't know if we use that <laughs> nickname much. I, I don't know that. if that's ventured into this realm, but here we
0: are. Well, it's Liv. live. what are we talking about this week, Dal, before we get into
1: all the other good oh, stuff? look, we're talking about AI this week. Unique oh. for us in the pop culture realm, but we're talking about Dali 2, which is this sort of new... Image making the AI, new the new take on, on the block. everyone's
0: lips, isn't yes. it? It
1: is, it is. But loose first. What describes your week? Okay,
0: my my week is described by um, goblin girl,
1: <laughs> and me. I feel like this is like the third time goblin <laughs> girl or goblin mode has been the description of the week. But anyway, literally, carry on. so. But it's more of my like
0: getting out of goblin mode's vibe because. Love, you were there last week, or were you, when Flo, and my flatmate, text me just out of the blue while I was at work saying, you are gross. Yes, <laughs> Literally just texts me. I was in the middle of doing something probably extremely important, saying, you are gross. And I just text back being like, why?
1: Just she, with no context.
0: And it's because she's like been calling me out about how I don't wash my face enough. I don't wash it at night. And like, for the record, if I have makeup on, I do... Not very well, probably, but like most days I don't wear makeup and then like I'll give it some water. I will not wash it like hardcore at night and I'll
1: cleanse it in the shower. Will you yeah. do that too? Yeah. I I do now have a skincare regime, but it's a new thing for me. What like like it's <laughs>
0: Some of us would say routine, but regime, regime. also. <laughs> regime just brings with it uh, negative connotations for me because it's always like that dictator's regime. True, true, like true, that. true.
1: Okay, okay. It's not a dictator's um, face wash. So it's definitely.
0: Hey, <laughs> what did we call it? A routine. Routine. Yeah, well, so Flo in the weekend taught me, like, we're very lucky um, that Harry Styles' beauty brand, Pleasing, has sent us some things in the past. And I've always just shoved them to the bottom of my drawers because I do not use any beauty stuff I just it's boring to me but I'm trying to make it at least boring so Flo taught me how to do all the things did and she I'm in
1: day three like your big sister teaching you how to literally wash your face.
0: she's like and, and I got it wrong for the first two, first two days because she thought I was joking so I text her being like so do I moisturize before I put on all the oils oh. and she texts me back with a little emoji That must have meant, are you stupid? But I took it as, like, yep, moisturise first. And I told her. And and so you're like, like, I'm killing this shit. No, I thought I was killing it. And then I've been doing everything backwards. No,
1: but how funny is it that, like, you know, most people with, you know, partners will get cute little texts throughout the day. You know, I hope you're having a good day. You get... You You are are gross.
0: gross. And also, it's because apparently I don't, like, change my sheets enough and and I put everything in the dish not the dishwasher, the washing machine together. And so I've also bought a whole lot of new bed threads. I've taken the adult jump and um, bought this gorgeous...
1: How often do you wash your bed sheets?
0: Once a week if I'm good. Oh, it's so much. Once every two weeks, if I'm like, if, okay, if the washing machine's all in use over the weekend.
1: Okay, Lucy, you're not gross. No, I know, but to Hitler. her, okay,
0: so she, not to absolutely throw under the bus, but no, she we does, you flow we love Flo, <laughs> she does uptight when it comes to cleanliness and chores. She makes um her boyfriend, Hayden, clean his, change his pillowcases every no, two to three days. This
1: is ridiculous because he has greasy hair.
0: <laughs> Which to be fair, they've shown me like
1: the marks on it. Oh <laughs> fuck Anyway. I clean mine every two weeks. Yeah, as literally. a rule, and that's standard. Yeah, producer Jane Ames for every two weeks. I don't always hit it. Don't always hit it, she's got kids, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, like, you know, if
0: I haven't got the sheets that dirty, it just doesn't bother me. I think it's literally. like I have more things in my life, maybe, that I'm like far more interested or worried about. Yeah. That sometimes I appear gross because I don't <laughs> wash my face all the time, or my sheets. I swear I don't smell. Well, I've never thought you were gross. Thank you. It's yes, because me and you Whistler. are pretty on par. But it's like, <laughs> remember when you had ants in your car? <laughs> <laughs> just
1: throw me under the bus. <laughs> yeah. No, we, yeah. I'm the reason us is still
0: sometimes ants. In my the car. reason Liv doesn't find me gross, is the reason we're best, best, <laughs> it's best friends, because I'm it's because we're both like probably low-key gross. But I anyway, shower
1: twice a day though. Yeah. It's not good for the environment. No. <laughs> maybe like, yeah, you're like you shouldn't do that. No, but true it's because of my hair. I
0: take like a two-minute shower, so maybe I actually am gross. Nah, okay. Anyway, so my I'm coming out of goblin mode. Okay,
1: least <laughs> goblin girl. Out of your gross girl. Um, Weak. but now I sort of feel
0: heard and seen, so I might go back to it.
1: I think you should. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with your habits. Oh, okay, sorry, Flo. Anyway, Liv, uh, what describes your like Del. Okay, <laughs> pain in the least sadistic way. Okay, so well. Good. I was just having major like screen fatigue and it was almost like painful. You know, when you're just like, I actually can't look at the screen anymore. Like I was absolutely done. So I went for a walk. That was really nice. Went out in nature. And then my flatmates and I went to the piercing shop and I got my nose pierced and then watched my flatmates get their nipples done. And holy fuck, it looked so fucking painful. Like... Honestly, I watched three of them get it done in a row, and I was going last, and I was like, thank fuck, I'm just getting my nose done, which was fine. But yeah, so that's what describes so my week. I know,
0: not that nice. No, so Goblin Girl and Pain. Well, we've yeah. had
1: a short-term painful long-term gain.
0: Long-term aesthetic gain. Yeah, exactly. All the piercings. They all look great. Um, But... You couldn't pay me to go and get my nipple first. No, Ouch. I'm actually really glad you didn't watch that happen. Oh because... no, your girl can't even watch The Simpsons get an injection. We know this. <laughs> yeah. We literally know this. Um, so before we get into how fucking catastrophic Dali Two is for illustrators and creators, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of a naughty or nice, just a quick one today. Which if you read the newsletter, you've heard about. But mm-hmm. if you don't. I want to tell you about it anyway, because I think it's a great example of how, if cancel culture has to exist, how it should work. I yeah. wish it didn't exist, but this is how it should work. So we're talking about Lizzo. Lizzo, Liv, uh, last week released a song called Girls. G-R-R-R-R-R-R-L-S, <laughs> if you're wanting to go Very 2022 song. Very 2022. So... She released the song, but the version that she released had a term that's derogatory towards people with disabilities. So in the original version of the song, it used the word spaz to indicate that she was going to lose control. Um, This, obviously, I think in New Zealand and in Australia and in a lot of Europe, we know the connotations that the word spaz has, but I read a lot about how in the States, it's less... Like they know less
1: about what this word means when it comes to, when it comes to people with disabilities. Yeah, so because I think it's from the word spastic, isn't yes. it? Yes, which means basically people with movement disorders, things like cerebral palsy. Yeah, it's mostly being, yeah described. It's like a feature of altered muscle performance. Anyway.
0: So people online, I think, were quite understanding of the difference in, like, context that Lizzo is from the States. Potentially she didn't know, but it, do- it didn't alleviate the harm that it did to the disabled community. And the people that spoke up about it were, like, really... I think when you speak up with Grace, you... When you speak up with Grace, it means that the person that you're speaking to is more likely to listen. Yeah, and you're more
1: likely to get met with Grace. Yeah, yeah, you're
0: not attacking them. You're just making, you know, you're teaching the world as you're, like, calling people out online. So Lizzo saw this um, and literally within a few days had re-uploaded, like, a whole new version of her song without the word, taken down all the other versions. Obviously on the internet nothing's ever deleted forever, but on all the streaming services and stuff it was gone. And she... And she tweeted out um, a statement which said, It's been brought to my attention that there is a harmful word in my new song, Girls. Let me make one thing clear. I never want to promote derogatory language. As a fat black woman in America, I've had many hurtful words used against me, so I overstand the power words can have. Never heard. um, Overstand instead of understand. Whether intentionally or in my case unintentionally. I'm proud to say there's a new version of Girls with a Lyric Change. This is the result of me listening and taking action. As an influential artist, I'm dedicated to being a part of the change I've been waiting to see in the world.
1: XOXO Lizzo. Beautiful message. Great message. Shows a great side of social media in terms of, you know, Being able to communicate with people who have these huge platforms and influence. and then If you do it in the right way. Nicely.
0: Yeah, if you do it respectfully Mm -hmm. because if you actually look at their intention and think, was Lizzo meaning to? Yeah, absolutely. Which she obviously didn't mean to. Yeah, I thought it was great because we always talk about how the only way the world's going to change, which is the whole point of quote-unquote calling someone out, is if you're doing it from a good place, it should be because you're wanting to see change in the world. And you're not going to get change if you're just cancelling someone and not letting them, like, in the public sphere, make the changes
1: you're requesting. Literally, it's all in tone, all in whether you're empathetic or not in your message. Like, Yeah, so
0: I think that because Lizzo did this so well in front of everyone, it should be a learning moment that, like, if you're calling someone out online, you need to actually let them Do better and let the world watch. You can't just be calling to cancel everyone and have them shut out from the world. Because then we're never going to learn a single thing.
1: Amen, honestly. So,
0: yeah, I thought this was good. Obviously, there are all the usual caveats of if you're an actual, like, of if you've actually committed a crime or, like, you know, you're a textbook awful person. C- cancel culture is like case-by-case case basis, but I feel like you all know when me and Liv talk about the stuff that we're coming from a good place and we shouldn't have to put caveats in front of or behind everything yes. we say. But I've done it anyway because no doubt someone will say, but what about X, Y, and Z? And I'm not ready to deal with that combo <laughs> right now.
1: I'm not ready to be cool. We out don't have right the time. Now. We only have an hour slot in the podcast studio. So true. And Luz, you think that was a nice story? I think... I think a nice
0: story. I great think a Great nice learning moment.
1: Yeah, I think it's great for everyone involved. It was handled
0: well. We all learn. Like, yeah, yeah I think that's great. Liv, we are going to hear about Dali 2 straight after we hear first from our wonderful, gorgeous, hilariously funny sponsor.
1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: So here is an ad for us by us. I want to have a super quick chat to you all about Cisco supporters. This is the new way that you can support what we do here at Shit You Should Care About. Because right now we're in a studio, which costs money to hire, with an audio engineer who we've got to pay. And every week we're researching, scripting and hosting this thing for you, all which takes time, resources and it costs money. You'll also notice that we're using valuable advertising space here, space which we often leave empty because we want to make sure that we're only partnering with the best and most vibey people. So for all of these reasons, we need your support to keep doing what we do. So please, if you have $1 or if you have $100, consider becoming a Cisco supporter so that we can keep doing this for you. The link is in the show notes.
1: We love you so much. Bye. Okay, Luce, I know you've heard all about this because you are how I heard about this. Um, And all of you listeners, Probably would have seen it, but if you haven't, there is a new AI on the block called Dali 2, which is a portmanteau of Wally and Salvador Dali, who was a really famous painter, and Wally, obviously, the Pixar animation most of us will know. So
0: that's quite a cute name. Quite a cute name. It's really funny because I wrote this in the newsletter, Mm -hmm. and then I said to Liv, I was sitting at our desk in our little office, and I said, I think you're going to find today's newsletter really interesting. Sort of knowing that it may be less interesting and more enraging.
1: Yeah. um,
0: And that it would make, though, a really good discussion.
1: Yeah. Well, it did. (laughs) Lucy was like, Yeah, read this newsletter. So I go and read it. I do some further research. And honestly, I just got too emotional. (laughs)
0: Tonight she did it get emotional, just, yeah, and I was, was like, on her side, and I was like, "I can't help you." Yeah, I, just, I
1: know, and I was just like feeling like the whole world was going to utter shite. But anyway, we'll get into that later. Yeah, um, but loose as our in-house <laughs> AI expert, um, could you tell us a bit about who made it, what it is, how it works? I can. I'm not going to go into lots of details because I
0: didn't build this thing. But we did do a whole web series called Extremely Online, which forced me and Liv to l- learn quite a lot about this world. Yeah. And we actually have a really good episode called "Are We Training Racist AI?" So valid racist for the or something. And oh, we'll put it in the show notes because you should really go and watch it. So, open AI um, are the people behind? this new invention. Um, Elon Musk is one of the co-founders. It is actually a research group. So it's not like a invention company or a tech Mm -hmm. company or whatever. It is a research group um, and deployment company. And their mission is to ensure that artificial intelligence benefits all of humanity, which is ironic when we get into the chat um, today. But... Essentially, OpenAI launched with, like, a billion dollars of funding from Elon Musk and other Silicon Valley people, and then, like, a billion dollars from fucking Microsoft, and just, like, they have a lot of money. And the premise is good, right? If we're going to have these new technologies, we need people researching it. because Absolutely. Otherwise, like, we don't know shit about it but but by researching it they're also like creating new technology which um is interesting the part that everyone might be a little bit confused about is so this tech is where you put in a phrase like a cowboy on the moon painted by Andy Warhol and by typing this in
1: it gives you like a bunch of different iterations of that image yeah so it's basically an image generator yeah And these images are like very, either very lifelike, a lot of them are like kind of photography based or other ones are, as Lucy was saying in the style of Andy Warhol, I mean, whatever you want, Um, but they're like super crazy realistic, like you can't imagine that a piece of technology has done this.
0: You can't. And um our producer Jane just showed me Lucy Blackiston podcasting with Cotton Candy microphone. It's this is not through Open uh, this is not through Dali too, but it's through a similar one because as you'll see a bunch of them are popping up now which, mm. and like live, look. It's just like wild that you can oh put in text God. and they'll know. Yeah. So how does this work? Like how do how does it know what to generate? That was what I was literally
1: thinking like How the fuck is it this Yeah, how the fuck does this happen? How can it do this? Yeah, and
0: it's just like any other AI. So this tech isn't magic. It has to be trained by something. So like the only way you can generate an image is because this AI has been trained with hundreds and millions of like different images from different artists and all the images that it's been trained with, so have been fed to it, have labels describing what the image is so it's got the text label the image it's all been fed into this computer system and it's been learned and then through a process called diffusion it spews out what is honestly quite quite a jarringly perfect um, generation of
1: the text you've typed in yeah so it has like a million images on record millions and then so it has like some say the cowboy one you know like it has cowboys it has pictures of the moon it has whatever and then it takes those elements from each image and like meshes them together to make this separate image yeah
0: and so and it will even like if you type in something like astronaut it will even think like astronauts are to do with space and give it a background of stars so it's not even just the ones it's been yeah. fed it's also sort of the, I mean, associations the whole, yeah, with every
1: word and every phrase, right? Yeah.
0: So it's learning associations too. And so, I mean, just quickly, because we're not going to go into this hugely, but this is interesting when it comes to like intellectual property, because have they paid every artist or every designer or whatever for the training images they've used for the quote-unquote millions of training images they've used i highly doubt it which i think they've just got them off google images yeah which might be why like this will never be open source or whatever but um there's a lot of interesting copyright things to think about on a boring tangent but live i think the most interesting thing and the thing that maybe not enough to not that no one is talking about this i hate when people say no one is talking about this. people are talking about this just
1: it's not at the forefront of people's of the convo um
0: As our resident designer, artist, creative director, I think the most alarming thing about this is what it
1: is going to do to the creative industry. Yeah. So my first response, as we kind of talked about, like, I was super emotional because to me, like, creativity is everything. Like, and I think that it's underutilized, it's undervalued um, already in Mm -hmm. society um, and so if you have created this piece of technology that can just literally paint a picture for you in a click, like you're suddenly just like, okay, cool. Like it's taking value away from people who can do that. But people who spend hours and hours and years and lifetimes, learning. lifetimes, mastering these skills. Um, I think then when, so that was kind of like my first response. I was mm-hmm. just like, this fucking sucks. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. Everything that I've trained to do in my life is now being replaced by a machine mm-hmm. and like that was a really jarring idea for me because I'd always read about automated vehicles in terms of like truck drivers and them being taken out of their jobs and like you know heaps of jobs in the world are now being automated. Mm-hmm. but I think when it hit me personally, I was like, this is like so identity crushing mm.
0: and and I think because for this specific example of dali too it's not a life-saving health and safety saving like actual labor
1: saving thing exactly it's a creativity it's a creativity crusher we have people that already can't get jobs in the creative field like we have amazing talented people that can't share their you know efforts with the world which is already really sad because people still aren't you know valuing art and illustration and you know all of those creative fields enough in my opinion mm. obviously like I'm relatively biased because I'm in that profession mm. but I feel like you see it when you are in it and I think just on that point
0: like it is a flow-on effect of like because from someone who's not a designer but who has to release a lot of like media and stuff because the media industry is so like undervalued as well mm-hmm. in my opinion and underfunded. It seems like a way that maybe newsrooms are going to try and cut costs unless they have like us and like the spin off like huge um, like love for illustrators and the gorgeous design that you know can be done like unless you have that built into you. If you're just an old CEO trying to cut costs in your newsroom. This would come along. This will be the
1: first thing to go. Yeah. And it's
0: because, like, their industry hasn't been funded well enough either. And so it's like, yeah, but um, back to your point. For sure.
1: For sure. I think that – and also in my head, I was like, we have such huge issues in the world, right? Climate change, Mm. poverty, like, world hunger, like, all of this shit. Like, why are people putting – they've obviously got amazing brains and amazing intelligence, you know, in Silicon Valley – why are they putting their energy into creating something that doesn't need to be created? Like, why aren't they putting their AI knowledge into, like, I'm sure there's obviously a lot of people doing that, mm. but it's even like however many brains were on this project. Why aren't you resourcing that time and energy into something that actually benefits humanity?
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's like, I. Agre- I think I'm like an optimist for technical innovation and like I'm sure that is happening in lots of places and I'm not, like, no, I'm not like you should cut out whole spheres of innovation.
1: No, not spheres, but I'm like this particular project and like these projects, when you look into it, it literally does not help mm. humanity. No, it doesn't help
0: humanity. I think um, from what I read about this, and I'm not trying to back them up because I mm-hmm. also think like – Someone else is going to do it anyway, so they wanted to research it and, like, they could see people creeping up and making this shit And doing anyway. it safely. Yeah. I, I, th- I just think there's no world where this doesn't happen, so it's almost pointless to be, like, why... I understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. for sure. But I yeah. think
1: that was, like, my first yes. initial reaction. Oh, and probably a lot of people's, yeah. Yeah. So then when I properly, like, started researching it for this episode, um, I was just really, really taken aback by the media around it. I think that was the most upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just really, really shocked at the blatant disrespect for the creative industries um, because most of the articles that are out there are written by people in tech or through the lens Mm -hmm. of the tech industry slash Silicon Valley. Um, And I just felt like the main thing that my world revolves around is just being totally disregarded in the name of efficiency, basically in the name of money, right? Mm -hmm. And capitalism and making everything faster and cheaper. And whatever. Um, Even though that wasn't the, like, that
0: wasn't the reason that this was created, like, on the surface. But it's an implication of
1: it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so nearly every article I read either barely mentioned the implications that it would have on the art world, um, mainly digital artists, um, or they would have, like a tiny, tiny section on it. Yeah. Like literally just to like- To almost a, hedge their yeah, bit. Yeah, but like, it's like a brief afterthought. Like literally, this is how the articles would go. It would be like, there's this amazing new technology. Um, talk about how it democratizes creativity. This is what the CEO said Of The CEO of OpenAI said that it democratizes creativity. What? So you want people to be able to be creative without having to hone any creative skill. Like, to me, that's fucked because I'm like, that's not democratizing it. That's just giving people instant gratification. Anyone in the world that has a pencil and a piece of paper, like, I think that art is one of the most accessible things because you can do it with anything. You can find mud on the ground and use it as paint. Like, Mm -hmm. you can create anything from anything. Like, it's already democratize you're just me- meaning that people can just click something not have to understand anything behind it not have to spend years of their life crafting their eye and their skills and just have it in front of them mm. like and i also think it's interesting to say democratizing it because like you
0: said anyone can actually do it yeah already it's like you're, democrat- you're, you're democratizing what the world already knows is good art. You're not, like, encouraging people to try something different. You're, like, getting them to type in something to create shit that's already
1: existed. Already existed. and A Monet piece of work. I'm think, sorry, that's existed. Yeah, and think about the digital divide. So this is meaning that people, only people with access to computers can use these tools. Again, mm. it's creating more polarization mm. and division. So that's kind of what they'll start off with. And then they'll have, like, an exit gassing it up. Like This was um, taken from the MIT Technology Review, and it's a quote from the co-founder and chief scientist of OpenAI. Um, One way you can think about this neural network is transcendent beauty as a service. Every now and then, it generates something that just makes me gasp.
0: It's just really interesting for these places to be including... I mean, I haven't read all these articles that you have, but to mm -hmm. be including... Of course, the quote from the CEO of OpenAI, which is going to be obviously gazing it up, but then maybe not going in critically enough to, like... Oh, you shouldn't just be putting in a quote from the person that created
1: it without your own, like... Literally. This is another quote that kept coming up. Um, So Alex Nickel, one of the DALI E researchers, said tools like DALI E democratize the designing process that we just talked about it. And then it says, but does it put designer jobs at risk? What exactly is the collateral damage of this technology? And they responded to this um, saying, questions which human beings are asking, is my job viable? Is my profession at risk? And unfortunately, that's just a different set of questions that the businesses are asking. Can we do something faster, cheaper, more automated? Like, that's They should just, not have fucking said it. Yeah, that's stupid. Fucked, right? And then, so, like, these are other little excerpts that can kind of give you an idea of the sentiment towards um a total afterthought of the creative industries and whole, you know, a whole sector of people's jobs and passions
0: and potentially even, dying. Even on their website, because I was like, have you said anything about creatives mm. or, like, whatever? And again, it's kind of like the article format. Like, yeah. there was this tiny little tiny piece little thing that said, We recognise that work involving generative models has the potential for significant broad societal impacts. Sorry, recognition. Not really enough. Um, In the future, we plan to analyse how models like DALI-E relate to societal issues like economic impact on certain work processes and professions, the potential for bias... Economical impact, always. The potential for bias in the model outputs and the longer-term ethical challenges implied by this technology. So that was sort of just saying... Like, in the future, we'll analyse this. We'll think about it, but we'll make the thing first and... (laughs) Yeah. We should say that um, they let people in. For this reason, they've been letting people in at, like, 400 and then 1,000 people at a time, letting researchers in because this is built for research. Like, it's probably not going to be... In fact, I don't think it will be released to the public as, like, an open-source API that they can use. It, um, Yeah, it's... But I mean they're still letting people use it. We're still hearing about it and it either and It will
1: launch a whole lot of copycats yeah. and
0: either they tried to beat the copycats or it'll encourage copycats. Like we've already seen there's like probably about ten or so
1: other ones like this that already exist. Not as good. Totally. Um this exit was from another article which pushes the sentiment further, which I thought was so fucked. DALI E generated images can be a viable substitute for expensive for expensive stock photos so a side note the stock photo industry will just boop, plummet mm. the major factors at play here are speed and scale as an individual wanting a series of Ill- interesting illustrations in a particular style or having 10 ideas for a new logo or a quick banner ad for my social media campaign I don't want to have an emotional discussion with my designer about their creativity it doesn't need to be perfect it just needs to be these images can be created at Created at hyper speed, scale, and quantity that humans just are not built to process. It's the worst thing I've ever no, heard in my literally life. Literally the worst thing ever. This is really, <laughs> also, really awful. I saw this in a forum discussing yeah. Dali E2. Dali 2. Yeah. Um, AI art will eventually replace human art just like it has replaced humans in chess that said this isn't a bad thing automating human tasks is never a bad thing if the human labour is unnecessary then the human time spent on that labour is wasted ultimately this technology replaces human labour which grants humans the gift of time the gift of time to do what work on their art because that's what they fucking want to do or it grants them the gift of time because you fired them you they fire can't make them. money what, not No one has jobs but we have time but we can't fucking survive like sorry this just absolutely it's almost laughable like that that, 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 this is what
0: like most of the hype around it is saying it's saying
1: like this was the sentiment it was really hard to find i will go through some other you know kind of more on our side of things and Mm -hmm. how we we're viewing this but i think with this like these excerpts from these articles are just showing that A lot of people just completely miss the point of what art and illustration and everything to do with the visual language is all about. The point of these skills is doing it. It's not even necessarily about the outcome. Like the outcome is often valued, you know, in terms of, if you're working in digital media and you need to create a illustration for an article or whatever, obviously you're getting paid for the outcome of your illustration. But what like should actually be valued is the love and care human feeling that's put into that illustration or design because that's what makes it valuable, right? Mm. Is like if if I'm doing an illustration about friendship and I'm, you know, I'm, ma- I'm making this picture with all of the past – friendships in my life and all of the feelings I have towards friendship and then I can communicate that feeling through an image. That's the point of it, right? Mm. Like a computer doesn't have that. Also like it's not really
0: about the outcome because like it should be fun for you to do the thing that you like doing.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And like art is literally like I just think it's the antidote to this kind of capitalist structure that we're living in, right? It's always about progress. It's always about getting to the next stage and art is literally a way of just being like I'm just going to sit here I'm going to draw that building for absolutely no reason besides the fact that it makes me feel good it makes me understand the world I live in like it's just a lovely thing to be able to do and the fact that people have been valuing it enough to pay for it is a beautiful wonderful thing and like the least we can do the least
0: we can do is in this society we live in yeah. be a capitalist, like be it whatever, because we do live in a fucking capitalist society. Is yeah. pay good money for Literally. this thing? Art isn't like. all
1: about just drawing what's in front of you. Like that's a portion of it, but you have to have like you have to understand the thing like for me drawing a bird right I then understand that bird so much better and I have more appreciation for that bird and then every time I'm walking through a forest and I see that bird like I just have more of an emotional connection like it's literally a way of understanding the world around you and and appreciating everything around you Mm. that's how I see it anyway but there are um there were some articles that I found the minority of them Mm -hmm. that mirrored kind of this feeling how I was feeling um so there was a really good sub stack newsletter i was by, gonna say they'll all be niche yeah like hard to find yeah literally um by sasha chapin one paragraph of it was like our commercial illustrator screwed and then they said yeah probably largely and this really really sucks it's easy to wave your hands at the mountain of human jobs that have already been automated and note that this doesn't seem to have stopped humans from finding new things to do with that time. But you're missing a mood here. If you value automation for the sake of a human flourishing, but don't spare a moment to consider the non-flourishing of those swept aside. Mm. Like I thought that was so true. And then they go on to say, can you really feel the futility that someone would experience in this situation? A big chunk of your whole life that has been devoted to mastering this thing. Your brain is filled with a patchwork of millions of minuscule assimilated details that compose your virtuosity that was a very intense god yeah i, I have <laughs> yeah. no idea what that last line meant um this is as it should be a great source of pride losing this core component to your identity is probably a sort of mental amputation That's a great line yeah and then this was all kind of like how satanic is a dully two basically yeah. they go on to say i think it's about 40 percent satanic um <laughs> it's kind of like in everything else that happened with civilization it abruptly displaces individuals for the potential benefit of the whole which i don't see the benefit of the whole here um it uproots some current ways we find meaning leaving us to scramble for other ones and then it goes it either shifts us closer towards a utopia of unlimited agency or a Charnel ground in which we're all apathetic blobs in our comfort pods, keeping happy by an IV drip of designer drugs. Oh, <laughs> it was just like it is quite dystopian. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: it's so, it's so dystopian. The only thing that, like, I don't see a world
1: mm-hmm. where
0: this one, yeah, Dali 2 gets. Like, because you're not allowed to use it for commercial use. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to, like, use it in your media company Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, the only thing that's keeping me, like, okay, fine, this is happening because it is happening. Yeah. Is, like, this cannot get into the hands of anyone because IP. But then also. The thing is, like,
1: it probably will happen.
0: I don't think it will. Do you not think it will? No. I am optimistic that the world is smart enough. Well, and that there's not enough not enough lawyers in the fucking world, yeah, uh, unless true. we automate them, to, like, deal with... I mean, I don't know. I'm not yeah. a fucking predictor of the future. I will say yeah. OpenAI's other... Like, they have a language version of this, mm-hmm. GPT-3. You can buy this. It's really expensive. But, it like, it's similar idea. It can generate whole stories, articles, poetry. Mm-hmm. So that's the Mm -hmm. same thing. Fucking terrifying. And that is Fucking terrifying. Like, it's not open source, so you can't get it for free, but you can pay for that. There's also, like, a thing called Jukebox, which can invent songs if you, like, know how to do some coding magic Mm -hmm. and lyrics. That exists. Yeah. But I, like, again, am optimistic that those things exist, but they're not going to take over the job of, like, poets. Yeah. And
1: I think I... Like, although this does scare me, I am like, there'll always be a huge community in the world that really values this shit. And so it's just like a kind of another chance for us to revive, you know, like doing things by hand, like things like, you know, we're seeing a lot of hand knitted stuff. We're seeing a lot of people living a lot slower. We're seeing a lot of people do their own gardening, just like even this sort of stuff that even though one side of the world is going crazy fast into yeah. progress or what they call progress <laughs> and fucking, like, you know... The 1% progress. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Like, there is other people, like, us younger people... I was going to say, that Gen Z are, like, ethically minded
0: enough with their decisions if we don't get jaded by the world and inflation and not being able yeah. to afford anything things so that we have to... Have to do this shit. Do this shit. I have faith, so much faith in Gen Z that, like... They will just... If there's enough media, again, for them to consume yeah. the right media, then it will I, be like,
1: fuck that. I thought that too because like all over my TikTok is, like, you know, people making things from scratch, going to, like, op shops and, like, reviving yeah. things. And I'm like, is this just my echo chamber? Yeah. You know, and, like... Probably a portion is, but even the fact that there's a lot of people out there doing this sort of shit. I do want to touch on the fact that like a lot of people are saying this is going to be good for creatives because um, it will be like a concept making machine and it will just become another tool like Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever it is. Like I kind of get what people are saying with this. And obviously there's a lot of AI artists around, so they're going to love that Mm. because AI art is a form in itself and I'm not going to disregard that entirely because if that's your medium of choice Mm. then absolutely go for it I think to me it's like I disagree with the concept making thing because I think that is the magic of creativity is thinking up your own concepts and like not being able to just get that handed to you like we have fucking amazing human brains and we should like everyone should be using their creativity more than they do everyone's capable of it like we're all creative um
0: and like I get what people are saying when they say like but be it's great for like, concept but actually pay someone to do concepting for 10
1: hours. Yeah, and literally like oh it will it will advance art. Like art doesn't need to be advanced. That's the whole thing like we're not constantly trying to make art better and better. Art's subjective. Art is about yeah. You know, also, how will it advance
0: art if it's just been trained on art that already exists? Well, they're just yeah. Well, they're it's trying just going to gonna
1: mishmash, but it like snowballs everything, right? So it gives people better ideas, and then therefore it has better ideas to pull from. Like, it, I
0: don't think I actually see a positive use case. for honestly, it. I was looking I for one either. to bring to the podcast. Yeah, I was look. I was looking. Yeah.
1: It's just no, like same. we were
0: talking about how Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, his dad loses his job because um, his job is to put the caps on mm. the toothpaste. And her, they invented a robot to do it, and then he lost it. And that's, like, the start of us yeah. learning about, like, oh, my God, a robot's going to take over our I jobs. know. And now who would have ever, ever thought that one thing that you thought no one could do for you, if you have the gift of being able to paint or being able to write a song or write a poem. Yeah, or you have spent
1: decades honing yeah, that gift. Yeah, not even a gift. Like, yeah, you've it's, learnt, a skill.
0: it's a skill. Yeah. It's something that you've... Get creative for yourself. Who would have thought that um, some intelligent tech could come come for you freaky shit? So truly, if people can think of a positive use case, like let us know, please. Like if you can think of something good about this, except for like you getting a laugh, or can't be anything to do with cutting costs or saving money. Don't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. Don't want to hear that. Um, but do want to hear if there's like something positive? Yeah let us know let <laughs> us know <laughs> trying to be open minded obviously not
1: very well in this no episode, trying to be
0: we looked I swear yeah. we looked for something good yeah. about it I thought this was going to be a balanced chat but I could not find anything that I liked about this honestly I know anyway live.
1: Tell me what's on your radar. Um, what's on my radar? I'm reading at the moment, I'm over halfway through and I'm really enjoying it, is a book called Imagining Decolonization, which is a collection of essays um, around what's happened to New Zealand society because of colonisation and what decolonization could look like in Aotearoa. Um, yeah, it's been really educational for me and I would recommend it. Nice. What about you, Lewis? Um,
0: well. Oh, I just want to put you guys all onto something. I've said this to Liv this morning. The Summer I Turned Pretty, mm. the TV show, is incredible. So it's based on a series of books by Jenny Han, and it is just phenomenal. It's like it's like a chick flick. It's 44-minute chick flick every episode, and it makes you really just, like, wish that you had this teenage... It's just so cute. Don't think too hard about it. So just watch and enjoy, and it's like, ra- like it's raunchy enough that it shows that they take teenagers seriously. It's not right. like bubblegum. Like it's actually like so fucking cool. It doesn't shy away from hard themes, like like grief and death, or like dealing with your parents' divorces. Like it's got everything.
1: <sighs> yeah, it's real good. Oh my god, it's so good. Wait. Yeah, need I to need to something it. to replace everything I know about love yeah. because I just digested that far too fast i know i love
0: that anyway liv and i are off to record our next episode of our love island debrief which you need to go and listen because finally things are starting to sort of happen on love island and as always what liv um, we will see you next week. <laughs> and, and, oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and as always, thank you thank to you, our producer, Jane We Yee. do love you and we no, do value we do. you. I, <laughs> <sighs> oh my God, yeah. Automated podcast editing. Oh, Ruby would
1: love yeah, head on. that's um, something we could get behind.
0: We're hypocrites. If we're not anything else, we're hypocrites, everyone. No, thank you to Jane, Jane Yee from The Spin-Off, who produces this wonderful pod, and to you, Liv. And come and read the newsletter,
1: everyone. And to you, Lucy. Always, yes, read what Lucy gets up at 5am every day to write about because it's fucking great. Because you learn about Dali too before the world does. Yes. Anyway,
0: ciao, everyone. See ya.